Hey. What is going on, bitch? Ah, uh, you know, not much. Just recording a podcast. So let me just say something real quick. Okay. Um, I I was thinking, what song should I see if Brad would throw on at the beginning here? And it, it got me thinking it's summertime. You know, there's lots of good summer songs. But it also got me thinking how I really, there's a couple, there's a handful of songs that I really dislike when people play outside of summer. It's like when you hear Manic mm. Monday and it's not a Monday. I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> it at all. And and I think people misunderstand a couple songs. First of all, we've talked about Boys of Summer before, so I don't have to go down that road, but that is not a summer song. And you will hear sometimes people say that's a summer song, but it's really reflecting on past summers. So to me, it's a winter song Whoa. or a fall song. But definitely Richard Marks' Endless Summer Nights. Which, I, what I would love to hear Brad instead is, it don't mean nothing, that song. You that, got it. Yeah. Because that one is a great summer song. It don't mean nothing, that's that California snow song. So, but Endless Summer Nights is not a summer song. It is only to be played in the late fall or winter. Uh, why? You need to listen to it. I. It's about reflecting on love that you had during the summer and how you miss it. It's not mm. about celebrating. You know, here we are at, at, in summertime, and I'm. I like this lady. I it's see. A, so it's, it's, a, a, it's a reflecting, a wistful remembrance yes. of summer's past. So people will throw that on, like, ha ha, you know. What kind of like people throw on "Born in the USA" on the Fourth of July, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I mean, there is certainly that is apropos if you are indeed, you know, celebrating in a particular way. But if you're yay America celebrating, "Born in the USA" is not the song for you. I mean, it, they, do they not understand the boss when he says things like "in the shadow of the penitentiary"? Like that's clearly the word "penitentiary" is clearly in there. Anyway, I'm on. A, I'm, I'm rambling. But well, what's up, ding dongs? Mm. It's the Side Talks podcast. Oh, and this is, you're listening to Richard Marks. And it's a good time. We're going to talk about movies now, though, <laughs> Let's right? Let's do it. Let's do it. What's this shit? Woo! That was a good, strong one today. Good, good one. Good, strong one. Everybody hates me when I do that, but that's uh, <laughs> all right. I don't think people understand, and we say this from time to time, I don't think people really understand that you do that live in studio every, every time. time. Every fucking time. And it just needs to be reiterated now and again in yeah. case we have new listeners. It's like Mariah's, huh? Huh? <laughs> it's exactly <That> <laughs> it's exactly the same. <laughs> okay, so I have got a good one for you today. Right. I really, really enjoyed watching this clip. I'm going to go watch this film. I also think you're going to get it pretty quickly, but okay. it is everything you want from a bad movie. Awesome, and it is certainly shit. Okay, so high school parking lot. Okay, you know now you already know what it is. No, it's not Twilight. No. <laughs> okay, high school parking lot, and a dude is coming getting in his car and there's a bunch of other dudes surrounding kind of coming to their cars and a lot of them are wearing sports ball uniforms what looks to me like football uniforms but you know I don't know sports and there's a young woman attractive young woman and the gentleman getting in his car this looks to be a high school student is having a few words with this young woman mm. who's kind of giving him a flirty but a flirty but mean kind of banter mm. and she says something to him along the lines. I, I didn't take a ton of notes because I just was really enjoying myself. But she says something along the lines of, you know, what are you going to do with that car? D- deliver pizzas. So it's a little a little snarky, right? Mm-hmm. And he's kind of being a little playful back. And he says to her, there's so many good lines in this. But he says to her, it's not the ride. It's the rider. Uh-oh. Yeah. Do you know what this is, yet? I don't. Okay. And so um, what a good 
slash terrible line. So then, of course, as you have probably guessed, boyfriend of attractive young woman approaches. Oh. And is like, what's going on over fucking here? You know, that kind of thing, <laughs> as, as these meatheads do. And he is wearing a sports ball uniform. Again, I thought it was football. Maybe I'm wrong based on what's about to happen. Okay. And so they, there's a bit of a kerfuffle between the two. And he and the the boyfriend meathead says to the other young man something about, oh, my grandfather's Chevrolet or something like that could go faster than your car. <laughs> yeah, my, 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 my grandfather's Buick. I'm sorry. I mean, no. my grandfather's Buick could smoke that car. Yeah. And the guy, he clearly he doesn't know it's not about the ride. It's about the rider. Uh-huh. And so then there's. Some again, some more kerfuffly banter or whatever, and basically the the boyfriend begins to go down the long list of things about his car, his own car that are so wonderful. Like here's my car, and it's got a you know a Hemi and a Ram and a Fada horsepower. I know what this is. Okay, are we talking about Alabama native Lucas Black here as the main? Dude, is this Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift? It's absolutely Fast and Furious Tokyo Hell Drift. Yeah, it you is. Got Hell it. yeah, it you is. You got it. You got it. Uh, it took and me I, a little longer than it should have. Yeah, but I, really, it the did. Open, this is the opening of the movie. I didn't realize it's that. It's fucking, it's nuts. Because they, he, they yeah, do that he, race. Well, he draw, I didn't see the race, but what I did see was him, the, the, the young man with the, not the boyfriend, uh-huh. right? Not the boyfriend drives off and gets a baseball through the back of the car because he's provoked this other man by, yeah. by saying to him, Oh, wow. So you can recap the manual and gets in his car and drives off, and that's when the baseball gets thrown. So the bully, I believe, is home improvement star Zachary Ty Bryan. That makes sense. Yes, yes. That's where I recognize yeah. he's a grown-up little boy. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that gets set. And then and then this is where it gets incredibly, incredibly disgusting and sexist. Because oh. <laughs> when, he's, when he locks the car up from this baseball hit, right, and jumps out, and there's more kerfuffle, and then he says to him... There's some. Why don't y'all settle this by racing instead of fisticuffing? And he says to the dude, uh, "I only race for pink slips," which is also another great line. And I plan to use that at some point. Uh, that is that is throughout the entire Fast oh, and Furious okay. franchise, by the way. I only race. For it's a staple. Then the young woman pipes up, "Why don't you race for me?" Oh, I know. Oh and my god, is, I know. I was like, "Oh, gross, yeah. gross, gross." Who wrote this? And it's probably fourteen boys. I'm sure. 14 boys stacked in a trench coat. <laughs> totally. 100%. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, um, I It's it's really crazy and wild, and the racing sequences are insane, and, and it's filled with lines like you've yeah, described. It was, it was kind of a nonstop script. I mean, it just was line after line after line of bullshit. And then, it, you know, eventually they get to Tokyo and start Tokyo and dr- drifting. Start drifting. And I believe the Yakuza gets involved because, of, of course. course, it does. Of course. Um, it's been a little while since I've seen this one. It's kind of. Uh, the outcast in the um, Fast and Furious franchise because it doesn't really intersect with the main saga uh. very much other than it introduces the character of Han, who is a big character in the in the series. Gotcha. And Vin Diesel as Dominic Toretto shows up at the very end in a cameo. Now, Lucas Black and his geeky friends he makes when he gets to Tokyo pop up in small roles in like the fate of the furious and the recent F nine. Yeah. Where uh, they go to space, where they go to space. And, and, um, 
Lucas Black's character actually is one of the the engineers who creates that space okay, car. Okay. So gotcha. um, in 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 the interim, this young man um, goes from a delinquent street racer to a, a rocket scientist, ah, <laughs> a literal rocket scientist. Well, it's did, amazing. He did go from small town Alabama to uh, isn't he the young man in Sling Blade? He is Sling Blade to Fast and the Furious. So similar trajectory. Yeah. Anyway, you got it, Corey. It was about time. Let's be real. You've been a little off your game, and here you are, Tokyo drifting back. That's Hey, it was bound to happen. There you are. You know, I live my life a quarter mile at a time, so... Uh, I... uh, Brad is vomiting in the booth. <laughs> I, Brad, I only race for pink slips. <laughs> Reflections! So here we are. Here we are. Yeah, we we are. I think going to um, reflect on a topic we talked about briefly yeah. a few episodes ago, yeah. which is the current state of theatrical exhibition, which has, according to some, rebounded. You know, fairly significantly since. Um, but you know, it's it's closer to full health than it has been since pre pre pandemic. I think, and so you know, we we did talk about it a little bit. Of, I think mostly during an outro and and three or four episodes ago. And so we don't have to spend a ton of time reflecting on this. But I did want to just kind of bring it up and acknowledge as as Top Gun Maverick continues to be up there at the t- at a top earning spot at the box office, approaching six hundred million dollars, and that is only in U.S. box office. Right. So worldwide, I, I keep, it's I keep seeing one billion come up, one billion plus yeah. come up a good bit, and so I thought we would talk just briefly, especially considering that, as I mentioned, and we'll keep I'll, I will keep my temper <laughs> to a minimal here, but I went to the theaters this past weekend to the AMC to the big box place to go see Elvis, and while I was there, the woman who scanned my little I do have an AMC membership thing, and she scanned my membership and looked at my ID. Uh, that she said, oh, I, I'm sitting down in this chair because I have really been through it today. She just complained. Huh. Uh, she I, she didn't recognize <laughs> me as a fellow movie theater employee, so to speak. She just was looking for somebody to complain. Yeah. And so she said that she was having her ass handed to her, basically. And I said, well, what is it? Is it Elvis? Is it Maverick? Is it Minions? And she said, well, it's really all three. Yeah. And so all three of these films are bringing people back to the theater and the lines were long, and they were out of ice in the soda machines, Ooh. and the bathrooms were trashed. Uh, things that that suck, but also are signs that you know they can't they can't keep people satisfied at the theater because there's so many of them and they're not used to it. Yeah, I mean, local theaters have kind of been working with a skeleton crew uh, right. for a while now um, because you know you'll have. Big crowds show up for that week's new release, but that that is largely manageable because, well, nobody's seeing any of the other movies playing at that theater. As we talked about, um, you even go back as recently as May, um, where you have a movie like Doctor Strange doing, um, I don't know, 90-something percent of that weekend's box office. Just, you know, one big movie a week, but... Thanks to the staying power of something like Top Gun Maverick, um, thanks to a bona fide uh, hit for children in this new Minions movie, which I think is doing better business now that young children uh, are largely returning back to cinemas. 
Um, was this it's, number one this weekend? It was. It, came it was out number, the weekend, number one, one, and it was the biggest Fourth of July weekend opening ever. Which yeah. is not it's not usually a big theatrical going weekend, right? right? Because people go on vacation, they they're at the they, lake or the yeah. beach or what have you. But and people were definitely at the theater. People came out for minions, it it did big business, and then um it's it's the biggest animated opening since before COVID. Yeah. Um and then Elvis, as you mentioned, weirdly Surprising. a hit. Surprising. And I am I am shocked by this in the sense that Obviously, Elvis's, I would say his his sort of fan base is not of the of, of the younger. That's era. the thing, though. The audience that I saw it with, I was by far the youngest person in the crowd. Top Gun is capturing moviegoers who don't come to the movies very often. Yep. Elvis seems to, on a lower level, be doing that too by mostly appealing to older demographics who don't really go to the movies, especially not in the summer times. All that often. Well, what's interesting is the the room I was in, there were a lot of younger folks. Yeah. I'm not even sure what the hell's happening because it doesn't – I can't imagine it's appealing to anybody who's high school, college – age or even sort of maybe you know early professional but as of the end of this past weekend it's it's at like 75 million dollars domestically it's i mean that's wild it'll gross 100 which is wild for not only a very as we've established on this podcast divisive movie that's very stylized that's not going to even appeal to all of the Elvis heads who go see it, needless to say. But it's also two hours and 40 minutes. Yes, and Paz Lorman isn't a director that drags people to the theater. He's not a, he's but, just not, he's not a Tarantino. But Australia aside, which is kind sure. of his one fiasco, sure. you look at Boz's movies, they're all fairly sizable hits. Like Moulin Rouge did big business right. in 2001, the Great Gatsby did good good business. I mean, you've you've got the Leonardo DiCaprio factor there, I guess. But I mean, Elvis doesn't have star power that those movies could lean Wouldn't on, really. So. Um, and yet, it's still doing comparable business. I don't think ultimately it's going to be as big domestically as The Great Gatsby was. But Warner Brothers is not unhappy with that number. I mean, it's going to gross more than $100 million, which is, for a non-franchise, non-superhero, non-action movie, kind of rare these days. Very rare. And it's interesting because I will say, while I am I can be a little frustrated in this scenario because we've been playing, as we talked about before the podcast, uh, some really incredible titles, Flux Gourmet. Yeah. We're about to we're about to start hit the road. By the time you hear this, it may even be off screen. A, a very acclaimed Iranian movie hit the road. We don't expect to sell many tickets to that, and we certainly haven't been selling many tickets to a lot of things that we're screening. And uh, Beba is that it or Beba? Yeah. Uh, the documentary. It's it, we're just not selling many tickets to these things, and so I'm frustrated that you know what is dra- drawing people back to the movies are these you know big huge big blockbustery things no surprise but always frustrating because we'd like to see some some we'd like to see all theaters rise right but it is what i do find interesting and what i do find very cool is that it is proving that people do go to movies yeah period right because what we were hearing a lot of i mean obviously this has been a whisper for for decades but certainly during the pandemic there were a lot of people even in our industry even people who were 
running movie theaters saying things like, well, people just don't go to the movies anymore. It's not going to happen. People are going to watch stuff at home. You might as well try to get into the streaming game or figure it out or do virtual festivals because people aren't going to go to the movies. Right. And this is not what that is suggesting. This does not suggest that. This suggests that people absolutely do go to movies. And the health of the industry should, in general, increase over the next month. Look, June, honestly, kind of a slow month for new releases. Um, the Disney movie Lightyear is the big release that we haven't really talked about. Kind of an underperformer for a mm-hmm. lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, one wonders if Disney adequately communicated what that movie even was. It seems to have just commu- uh, confused everybody. But as of this recording, we're a couple days away from the opening of the new Thor movie, which is going to do big bucks. You think it'll in, yeah, in that Marvel well. way that it's going to it's going to people seem to embrace the trailer. When yeah, they play it's it. going to gross like four hundred million dollars in 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 three weeks, and then it'll you know everybody will be like, great, net time for the next one. Um, we've got Jordan Peele's movie Nope right. coming soon, which I think Should is well. is going to do, well. do well. I mean, because he's a brand uh, onto himself already um we've got a a brad pitt action movie bullet train that's they've been showing the trailer for for like six months already um you know it looks kind of fun and actiony and and stupid and brad Brad pitty um so we'll see how all of those movies do but it looks like those are headed towards being pretty big successes along with smaller titles there's this literary adaptation called where the where the crawdads sing, something like right. that. Taylor Swift did a song, yeah, original song based for, on a book that everybody's mom everybody read. read. Everybody read that damn book, right? Yeah. So who knows how that'll do? For me, the health of the industry is determined by how those titles do. Okay. Well, I think that's probably fair. This is a tough one because is it just is it just this handful of titles or is this going to continue? Right? Is this yeah. going to? Where are we going to land here? I, I, do people just come back to the movies once a year, or do they come back to the movies, period? I mean, the success of something like Elvis, which the, the trailer for which played before Top Gun, right. which everybody's seen. Okay, that's a good The that's success a good point. of something like Elvis suggests that it might not be a f- complete fluke. But, there, I mean, I've said that before. Look, I, as far as I'm concerned, we're in completely new territory. And I've, oh, I've said this to real. you uh, on Slack and, and um, on this podcast and, and off, off mic. You know, just the fact that Top Gun is doing the numbers that it's doing is something I never – could have anticipated no. or predicted. Or we would have, I mean, honestly, I would have programmed sure. it. I would, if I had known, I would have programmed it because certainly it, maybe you don't come to a small indie theater to see it the first time, but maybe you see it the second, as we've talked about. Right. And, you know, it's just, I guess it's really hard to predict, but it is important to point out, and this is something that we, I think, may have maybe mentioned the last time we had this discussion, but also something we've talked about off mic, which is that Top Gun Maverick is not available in VOD. Right. Elvis, I'm assuming, not available not. in VOD. Mm-mm. And so, what do you think? Do you think that the distributors are going to kind of look at that and go, ah, we could we can make money. We can always make money on VOD. We'll always it's going to be there for us. There's yeah. always going to be a lot of people who aren't going to get off their asses. That that money will come. But maybe just maybe we should have a significant run in a movie theater without the VOD accompanying it. Yeah. I mean, the, those those windows between digital release and initial theatrical release are so important for the theatrical industry, and those windows have gotten narrower and narrower. You know, movies going up on VOD and, and fairly big studio movies two weeks after their initial theatrical right. release. Now, during COVID, 
uh, during the pandemic, and I say during as if we're not still in it. We're right. still in it. Numbers are going up, but I think everybody has just kind of collectively decided we're done with it. Well, that and I mean, vaccinations are available. Yes. Right. And, um, and it's an, it's moving from pandemic to epidemic. And there are lots of things there. Yes. But during COVID, that's an understandable business practice. Sure. Because, you know, you've got smaller titles that people aren't going to necessarily venture out to see because they are afraid uh, for their health. But now, I mean, you even have a little movie like The Black Phone, this this new Blumhouse horror right. movie with Ethan Hawke that's doing pretty well. But Universal made like a like a 14 or 21 day VOD thing with all of their movies. And, and I don't know if this is going to be included in that. I, yeah. I guess by the time you're hearing this, you can check and see if the black phone is available on VOD. To me, that's kind of kneecapping a movie that's gaining word of mouth. Right. Um, it, it would benefit probably from having another few weeks in the summer. I think so. And, and maybe, you know, I think the healthiest thing to do for studios is to not set a hard and fast rule and do a case by case basis. Imagine if, Paramount had said, well, you know, we said 45 days after theater, it's going to be on Paramount Plus. So sorry, Top Gun Maverick, where you're about to lose all your screens and go to streaming, which is honestly not a very fun place to see a movie like Top Top Gun well, Maverick. Well, it leaves a lot of money on the table, in my opinion. Yeah, also, of course. I mean, here's my question, and, and this could be the last question, and we can kind of wrap it up. But does a film like Top Gun Maverick or a film like Elvis does it do as well if it's just on VOD or if it's simultaneous VOD? Does it do as well? Because no. doesn't it just get lost in the shuffle? Yeah, it Can't does. See, I mean, isn't part of the fun of a Top Gun or even an Elvis for that matter is, you know, going to the theater, grabbing a popcorn, being in that space with other people and watching something? Here's a case in point. Did you know, um, and, and again, by the time you're hearing this, it may be available on Netflix. Um, there is a movie coming out in just a couple weeks that is Netflix's most expensive movie ever. It stars Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. It's a big action movie from the directors of Avengers Endgame, which is the highest grossing movie of all time. Right? Did you even know that no, thing existed? But of course, it wouldn't be on my radar. No. Yeah, but 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 no, I didn't. In a conventional you know, movie industry, right. that movie would be on your radar whether yes. you want it to or not. Right. Whether you intend to see it or not, they're going to be shoving marketing. Here are two of the biggest movie stars right. in a movie from the directors of that movie you all love doing action shit. It doesn't matter what. Right. Like, it's it's an event. Make an appointment. It's summertime. What the fuck else are you going to do? Right. And And yet, somehow, that movie is approaching its release, and it's just like any other fucking thing you might see on Netflix as you scroll through the titles half-stoned or whatever. Just like, what the fuck? I don't know right. what this is. I guess I'll put it on while I look at my phone while and screw around. While you Netflix around. and chill. Yeah. Like, I, who, like... That movie is called The Gray Man, by the way. Yeah, and I don't know this. I don't or not, know her. I don't know sure. Her. I mean, but whether or not it's going to be worth a damn is kind of irrelevant because if you're sinking 200 plus million dollars into a movie like that, right. you'd hope to have a little hype around it two weeks before its release. Right. I mean, or maybe, I don't know, maybe Netflix, 
It's just like, hey, man, like we got everybody's money for Stranger Things, and yeah. this movie is just something to to sweeten the pot and keep people from not canceling that membership. I don't know. Like that doesn't seem to me to be a sustainable business model for filmmaking, for the film industry, for Netflix, for anybody. Wouldn't think so. I mean, it would be kind of cool if Netflix and you know, any number of other streaming services, like Hulu, I don't call too many names here, but it would be cool if they could just stick to episodic and let the movies release into theaters. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're killing it with episodic. Exactly. Lord knows. Just, just sit there with your episodic I, I, and we, let us have the movies. We watched the, the last few episodes of Stranger Things. Which, you like it? Oh, yeah, I liked it very much. Love Stranger Things. But, you know, one thing about those those last few episodes of season four, the la- the finale itself is two and a half hours long. Oh, my God. And that's that's the freedom. I mean, call it freedom or indulgence or whatever. That's that's what the streaming model sure. allows these creators to, you know, indulge themselves in. And, you know, your mileage may vary if you were ever to watch it, and the listener's mileage may vary, but I found it, you know, fairly satisfying. I, I guess they, you know, cut out the middleman by saying, like, look, we know you're going to sit here for five hours anyway, so here's just one yeah, long ass right. episode. You're going to binge it anyway. Yeah. It would be a beautiful world if we could just, yeah, I'll tell you what, us movie theaters, we'll take the movies. Hey, streaming services, you guys take all the episodic, and, and let's just move into a, a more beautiful future. Harmonious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's we not can dream, happen. right? But uh, that's a uh, reflections for now. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic Smurf Berry Crunch and Yummy Mummy. Okay. You now you're these? speaking you my language. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you ever have either of these? I didn't. Uh, well, I might have had Smurf Berry Crunch. I don't think I've had either. Uh, but well, I've never had Yummy Mummy. Here's the facts. You okay. ready? Yeah. Smurf Berry Crunch 1983 to... No, so I wouldn't have. Not, well, to R.I.P. 1988. Yeah, so... No, I wouldn't have ever had that. Red then. and blue corn puffs and a berry and a berry flavor, whatever that means. <laughs> you know, berry. Hmm. And then Yummy Mummy 1987 to 93... Fruit flavored cereal with vanilla marshmallows. I think my mother rightfully decided that that should not be allowed in our home. So, are you going Smurf Berry Crunch or are you going Yummy Mummy? Uh, I guess I'll go Smurf Berry Crunch. Yummy Mummy's cooler anyway. Yeah. I think it's a cooler name. Thanks to Beltwell Studios and thanks to Revelator Coffee. Delicious coffee, downtown Birmingham. And th- thanks to them, as always, for sp- sponsoring us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sidewalkfest.com or at sidewalk film on social media is where you can find us online. You're going to want to get those passes for the 24th annual sidewalk film festival. We are releasing titles slowly, but surely online. We've released nine as of the recording of this podcast. And I have to say, I haven't seen all nine of them. You've seen all of them. Yeah. Um, you've good. gotten, They're you've good. gotten access to some, some titles that I haven't seen yet. They're good. Uh, but, what I have seen, I mean, I, I sent this out on Slack earlier, 2022 20, Sidewalk is the year of all bangers, all bangers in this lineup. 
Ooh, the pressure's on. No. I mean, we're only nine titles released down. But right? I am that enthusiastic about the right. ones I've seen. I'm that enthusiastic about the ones I've seen that we haven't announced yet. It's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be a good year. All bangers, in fact. That's Buy how good of a year. your tickets. Sidewalkfest.com. Get those passes. They're only going to keep going up in price. So as you dither, as you wring your hands like, well, I know we're probably going to go, but I don't know if I want to buy my passes yet. It's just going to get more expensive. While you're watching this 17 hours of Stranger Things that you're going to binge, go ahead and get on your phone and order those tickets. Just get them now. Just get them now. They're not going to get cheaper. Girl, And you're going to have a good time. Bye-bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.